Welcome to Bishin's Daily News. Today is the 19th of August 2022. We'll be covering concerns regarding Coinbase, a massive structural shift of the merge, and comparisons between three major token models. Let's get to it. On August 18th, KOL Irritig tweeted about Coinbase. Here are the main ones. We don't know how much of the beacon chain stake Coinbase controls. It's at least 15% and potentially more. For the sake of argument, let's just assume it's 15%. That's 2.1 million Ethereum or around 4 billion US dollars. It did decide to comply with sanctions to the fullest extent possible and get slashed or UASF'd out of as a result. They face losing more than 50% of their stake or more than 2 billion dollars. Even if they decide to stop validating today, If they were the only validators on exit, it would take around 7 weeks to fully exit, since the beacon chain only allows 6 validators to exit per epoch. Of course, they will not be the only ones existing, so in practice it would take longer. The math that controls the exit queue is complicated and also depends on the total number of validators left. Let's imagine they stop validating entirely so as not to fall afoul of sanctions and it takes 8 weeks to fully exit all validators. Again, this math is maddeningly complicated, but my back of the envelope estimate for a best case scenario is to lose $49 million in 4 weeks. Literally, the only other option is that they just keep validating and hope the government isn't serious about sanctions, or decides not to target proof-of-stake validators. Would you count on that if you were a public company? August 18th, co-founder of Bankless, Ryan Sean Adams wrote an article titled Is the Merge Priced In? to discuss the impact of the merger on Ethereum pricing. The largest shift since last December is that Ethereum denominated fees have fallen significantly. However, there is an interesting dynamic at play here. Although fees have declined, active users have experienced a steady uptrend since late June. This may seem inconsistent as more users should lead to higher gas. However, we believe this dynamic is caused by recent efficiency optimizations of various popular Ethereum applications. The best and most significant example is OpenSea, which is migrating Seaport from Wyvern, increasing gas efficiency by 35%. This has led to a reduction in gas that doesn't correlate to a declining activity. To summarize, The staking rate and structural demand are lower than they were 6 months ago. However, this is to be expected in a period of slower activity, and if activity continues to rebound, these rates will increase. The primary investment case remains the same. There is an enormous opportunity to front-run the largest structural shift in the history of crypto. Another point that I think is often overlooked here is that the merge is more than a shift in supply and demand. It is also a massive fundamental upgrade for Ethereum as the network becomes much more efficient and secure in many ways. This is part of what differentiates the merge from prior BTC halvings. It is three times as large of a supply reduction combined with a massive improvement in fundamentals compared to a declining fundamentals in the case of BTC halvings, which is mainly in reduced security. On August 18th, editor Lucas Campbell published an article titled What's the best token model to compare three different token models? 
Here are primarily three types of token models that we've seen. Governance, staking and cash flow, and vote escrow. This is a fair critique. Prominent governance tokens like Uni and Comp doesn't earn any dividends from the protocol's business activities. This is predominantly for legal reasons. For the most part, governance tokens help minimize regulatory risk due to their lack of cash flow rights. While most protocols have chosen to take the valueless governance token route, others like MKR, SNX, Sushi decided to bestow economic rights to their token holders. In every instance, these tokens earn revenue from the protocol's business activities. MegaDAO was one of the first to pioneer this option. Protocol revenue from DAI loans, which is accrued interest, is used to buy back and burn MKR. This has been in effect for years now. By holding MKR, you indirectly earn the cash flow rights by perpetually decreasing supply of MKR available in the market. Vote escrow tokens are the current meta in the lens of token economic design popularized by Curve Finance. Through this model, holders have the option to lock the tokens for a predefined amount of time, typically ranging from 4 weeks to 4 years. By locking the tokens, users receive a VE token based on the amount of time staked. As an example, a user that stakes 10,000 CRV for one year will receive 250 VE CRV versus if they stake the same amount for 4 years, which they will receive 4,000 VE CRV. To continue hearing more, please subscribe to beachingventure.substack.com for daily newsletter and follow Twitter account Beaching Ventures to hear the rest. This is Celine from Beaching Ventures. Thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow.